Hello and welcome to From the BL End, and this is the episode where we're going to be looking ahead a little bit to Fulham, looking back a little bit on Manchester City, but mainly focusing on uh, today's news, today being uh, Thursday when we're recording this. It's, of course, transfer deadline day. Still a couple of hours left as we speak before the window closed, but two deals done, and I'm joined by Paul Woodhouse and Justin Connolly today in a streamlined from the BLN podcast. Reeves <laughs> always said depleted squad. No, I'm taking it. You know, I always want to bring the positives. It's a streamlined from compact. the podcast. Yes. Compact. We're keeping our shape. Um, <laughs> let's start off with them new signings then. Um, central defender Maxime Estev from Montpellier. And he's come with this talk of a possible option there for it to be a longer term move. And mm. Lauren Sassignon, a 23-year-old uh, right back. Um, let's not pretend we're experts on, on these players because you know, we've been scrambling around transfer mark for the data and YouTube for the clips and everything. But uh, Woody, Woody, what do you make of these two coming in? Uh, I mean, six minutes on YouTube is enough for anybody, isn't it, really? <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. I mean, Asignon, everybody. I'm assuming everybody's kind of seen his skill spot video. Mm. And to be fair, he, he makes Trezor look like David Batte, doesn't he? Some of that shit that he was pulling off, I can see people in like the Bob Lloyd, Bob Lloyd stand over the next couple of months losing their minds. There's like, you know, ridiculous amount of trickery, that, that volley with the outside of his back oh, of his is, right that foot. Is, that is a class skill exactly. spot, is that one? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, can, it, it can do the Amdouni Trezor pirouette quite perfectly in a centre circle. So watching him do that in our penalty area would be something to behold. But he looks he looks an ex, he looks an exciting player. And whether it's you know he, he fixes any defensive frailties or whatever, we we've no idea. Whether it's a better option down that route, I'm I'm sure we're gonna find out. But he, he looks a decent player. And conversely, it's always it's always slightly dodgy watching a the center off on YouTube, uh, their skill spots because it just seems to be uh, they run into trouble. But he looks to have quite a bit of recovery pace. It looks to be a little bit mm. Nathan Collins esque in that regard, which I don't think is is any bad is any bad thing. After watching O'Shea get skinned a couple of times last night, <laughs> so yeah. I mean it's quite. I mean, I, the, the, there, there are a couple of seemingly quite exciting signings, and I think with Fafana as well, who applied himself relatively well for the 20 minutes he was on last night. It's um could be quite an interesting uh, couple of weeks. Hmm. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with that, but I also wonder why we haven't sort of targeted the main areas of deficiency that we've seen so far. I mean, we're playing Al, you know, Aldekiel at left back at Manchester City. That can't that can't be the ideal scenario, can it? We need we, we've all said we need a new uh, 
at least a, at least a backup for Charlie Taylor at left back. We and we've known this, you know, since we didn't get Ian Matson to come back in the summer. We we we've known this, and I I can't believe we've got to the first of February twenty. What year is it? Twenty twenty four, and we haven't got we haven't got a a, a, a backup for for Charlie Taylor at left back, and we're signing a right back and a central defender of positions where we we. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure. I I would have identified those as the main glaring gaps in the squad. We need a central midfielder as well, don't we? Where where's he coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, I, I've like everybody else. I've watched the videos on YouTube. They they both look decent. They both fit the profile. Um, so you know, all, all, all good luck to them, and let's let's see what they can do. But. Um, you know, where, where's the left back? Where's the central midfielder? Yeah, well, that would have meant bringing in five in January, which, you know, mm. was that ever realistic, really? I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's, it is strange that we had two right backs in Vitinho and Connor Roberts, and we've gone and got another one. And as we speak, there's still it's still not confirmed, but it, it sounds like Connor Roberts is heading out to, to Leeds United. Um, whereas left back, we've got one left back really in uh, in in, Ch- in Charlie Taylor, a left back who company didn't want to play at the start of the year. So it, it is quite odd that I agree, and I and I and I think if there'd have been a player who was going to maybe have a transformative impact on the team, it would be somebody who could come into the centre of midfield and allow Sanderberg to play further forward and, mm. and to be more of a sort of you know maybe play more in the Brownhill position himself and have somebody behind Sanderberg sort of, you know, anchoring the midfield, being a defensive presence. But we've obviously either not identified or not been able to uh, to buy someone. I mean, there's a few players go, gone out in this window as well, haven't we? CJ Egan Riley has gone off to PSV Eindhoven's youth team, their reserve team, are playing the second division initially mm. anyway. Um, I don't think that's... I mean, it's it's a nice move for him, that actually, isn't it? I mean, mm. it's for a player who's obviously not featuring at all at Burnley and was on loan at Hibs last year. Um, mm. So that's that's a decent move from him. Still talk about Zorori going out. Still rumours around Benson going out. Neither of those are going to be resolved while we're recording this, but uh, we'll see what what comes of that. But I mean, would would you have would you have uh, would you have been keen to see a, a midfielder? Do you think that would have been like the number one priority, or or has it been has it been the right approach to to try and shore up the defense in some way? Well, we, like like just like we've like we've spoken about, you know, for nigh on nine months now, we've always known it's been a, a left back and a central midfielder, and we still haven't addressed that. We haven't even been linked with anybody <laughs> with regards to that. So, mm. I mean. Yes, irrespective of how decent these two may or may not be, there's still that glaring omission in the middle of the park. So, and also at left back. And I'm sure that'll come back to bite us as well. Yeah. At some point. It, it, it's, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna, they're gonna have to be absolutely brilliant signings to turn this season around, aren't they, Justin? I mean, shoring up the defense. I mean, you yeah. mentioned before we came on air, you know, the quality of these players we have to put in the context of them moving to Burnley in a January transfer window or the position the club's mm. in. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I, like I said before we came on air, that they're, they're both playing at a lower level um, at the moment to to where we are. They're both coming on loan. Um, I I think there's some suggestion that that one or other of them may be um, gives us an option for a permanent transfer. But when I, when I say they fit, yeah, uh, yeah uh, 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 it, it, when I say when I say they fit the profile, I, I mean they fit that sort of young player with potential profile. But if they're coming on loan, then they're only going to be with us for the next sort of five months or so. Um, how much can we develop them? And, and if we do develop them, um, as we did with the likes of sort of Teller and Matson last season, will we will we get the benefit of that? You know, will if they shine for the next five months and do well for us, um, you know, maybe, I, I find it difficult to believe that these that, that, that these two signings are going to dig us out of the hole we're in, um, and I can't I can't get my head around the the idea that they are signings for the future because they're 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 a loan signing. So what's what what's what's the what's the point of it? Where where are they going to fit in? How are they going to develop under us? And 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 where are we where are we going to take them? You know, it just seems like really really odd positions to target, as far as I can see. Um, so I don't I I don't know what the thinking is. I don't know I don't know why we aren't identifying the obvious glaring holes in the squad. Um, but g- given the performance at Manchester City. I'm not sure that individual players are going to turn this turn things around for us. I, I, I saw a real... I mean, I put more effort in to get to the Etihad <laughs> Stadium um, on on Wednesday night than any of the players put in on the pitch, as far as I could see, from from, from where I was sat. Um, so that that there needs a, there needs to be a big turnaround with the players that we've got, and there needs to be a big turnaround with the with the attitude and the and the and the aggression all that was sadly lacking on Wednesday night and I, I I'm I'm uninspired by a couple of sort of loan signings from a, a division you know lower than the division that we are playing in now it just seems mm. I'm, you know I'm not inspired by it at all I, I, and I don't see how it's going to help or has the likes of Connor Roberts and Benson and Zerura been making that much of a fuss and song and dance about wanting to play and want to leave, etc., that we kind of mm. had to cover for that? I don't know. I don't know. It seems it seems like you know Maybe, Connor Roberts but... had to go before we got anybody in and a little bit of unrest between but, yeah. Benson and Zerura. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah but look, I mean, at the Etihad on Wednesday night, the the the, the spark moment came. When uh, Connor Roberts ended up in their bo- box having a bit of a shoving match with uh, with their keeper, and you yeah, know, that 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 was the moment where I, I mean the 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 the, the away fans were um, you know uncharacteristically sub- subdued uh, at the Etihad, not 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 without reason, I don't think, but that that kind of moment when that happened, it was kind of like whenever when when the spark was lit and people sort of started getting a little bit up for it. So, you know, and if he's providing that in, in a, in a, what was a really uninspirational performance from the rest of the team, then why, why are we letting him go? You know, why, and signing somebody else who, who's unproven. 
Yeah, I don't quite get what's gone wrong with Connor Roberts uh, this, this year because I thought he was one of those players who people said when company came in straight to it, oh, you won't fit into company's system. You remember when that was a thing? Mm, like, yeah, uh, they yeah. had to fit into company's system before when we when we knew what one was. Um, and <laughs> and he did he did fit into it. He, yeah, he, he played yeah. that. You know, he came into the midfield area and he, he did all that kind of um, what gets. Uh, Wrongly called inverted fullback. He he did he did that pretty well last year, mm. and he, yeah, he had some poor games at times this season, but nothing shocking, you know. And you can say that Vitinho's done quite well coming in for him, so he hasn't been able to get his place back. But I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I do wonder whether he got frustrated, you know. And last night's behaviour. So I saw I saw there was a thread on one of the forums uh, where people were talking about oh somebody was saying ridiculous behavior from Connor Roberts, petulant behavior and all this kind of and I just thought it must be really frustrating for a player like Connor Roberts watching a match like that. A player who is aggressive, who works hard and gets stuck in whatever whatever other limitations he might have, to watch a game like that that was just so passive, wasn't it? I mean mm. I just I found that a horrible game to watch on a lot of levels. It was like modern Premier League, you know, you've got no chance of winning the game or being competitive, but not even really giving it a go, it felt to me. I mean, I don't know. Am I, am I being uh, over the top there, Woody? Um, no more than usual. <laughs> I think, no, I think I think it's a it's a very valid uh, summary of the game. It it again it felt passive but it felt passive pretty much from the get-go it, it seemed like you know that that initial spark that we tend to have in the first five or ten you know seemed to evaporate as soon as that long long ball from Trafford you know I'm Dooney brought it down exquisitely but then his layoff to good Monson was dog shit and that was how that set up almost the rest of the game we couldn't find a man we just stood off. It didn't matter whether they were pressing us or not, you know, and it was just they didn't need to absolutely press woeful. No, exactly. Exactly. And it was just all extremely woeful, you know. I mean, mm. you were there, Justin. You you got yourself wet and stood behind the goal. <laughs> I mean I mean where where yeah. I'm I'm whinging looking at uh, a palm tree out of my window watching <laughs> Burnley play at Hildella at Woody's got those lovely yeah. uh, snowy scenes outside of his window, <laughs> yes. but you know, you you actually did put the effort in and go there and and get wet through. So I would imagine your perspective, well, is certainly more interesting and more valid than ours. I, so go uh, on. What about you, Steele? Well, I, I do wonder if whether whether that sort of influenced my sort of take on the game. The fact that I was absolutely soaked wet through. I, I decided. I decided foolishly to walk from town up to the Etihad, and I, I do, it's it, it stopped raining literally as I sort of got into the stadium. So I was absolutely soaked to the bone, and it kind of got colder and colder as the night went on. Um, <laughs> and you know, that, I, I wonder so whether that. Grim, really. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have to say, I, the Etihad Stadium is 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 far and away. The the my least favourite Premier League stadium that I've ever visited. A, a, everything about the whole experience is fake, and the whole the whole experience is is soulless in every way. I mean, it's it's a really good lesson I think for Burnley that um, the 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 atmosphere at the Etihad Stadium is so passive from the home fans 
And I yeah. think it's because I think it's because they try this sort of forced fun thing. You know, it's a bit like it's a bit like going out on New Year's Eve. You have to have a good time when you go there. You know, it, it, the, the and whole... now we're all going to sing Blue Moon. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter how how loud the music is. It doesn't matter how excited the sort of guy doing the announcements on the tunnel is. It doesn't matter how bright the flashing lights are. You cannot create an atmosphere that that isn't developed by the players on the pitch. You know, and it's almost like the the. I always think of football. I don't think of it as a as a sort of spectator sport. It's it's a mass participation thing, isn't it? We're all involved. The 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 players on the pitch and the and the and the supporters in the crowd. Synergies. They're all, they're all. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. a it's like a reciprocal exchange of energy, isn't it? But it all it's all sparked by what happens on the pitch. At the Etihad Stadium, that doesn't happen because everything is turned up to eleven before the game even starts. You know, the music, I felt like I was in a fucking nightclub before the game started. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't even, see, it was, it was just crazy. The music was so loud. The the lights were, I thought I was going to have a fit at one point. And, and then, and then, and then, and then the, 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 the sort of flashing lights go off and the music's turned down. And then the pitch is illuminated and you're like, oh, right, I'm at, I'm at a football game. I forgot about that. But the but what happens is the crowd becomes spectators rather than participants. It pushes them away from the event in a way. No, absolutely. It? Well, you can't yeah. have everything. You can't have everything. Everything turned up to eleven all the time. That's not what football is. Football is ninety nine percent fucking misery, <laughs> and that and that ninety nine percent misery makes the one percent joyful. You can't have hundred. You can't have hundred percent joy all the time. Otherwise, the the the, the you know the the joy just doesn't mean anything, does it? And I think that's what the city fans think. You know, it's all right watching De Bruyne and I mean Hoyland and you know uh, Holland and 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 Foden. It's all right watching them. You know, pass the ball around all the time, but it's it's not. You're not involved. You're you're an observer, and and that's where. The Premier League goes wrong, isn't it? That's where it's just, it's just. I can't. I, anyway, and then I and then I have to, and then I have to watch Burnley play like they played, which didn't make me feel any better. I have to say. But in the in defence, slight defence of City. <laughs> I, I mean, I went. I covered quite a lot of games at, at City when I was working back home, and uh, some of those Champions League. Latter stages, and these are all in the category of you, if you can't get a good atmosphere for a game like this, then you never are going to do. But mm. those big games with Liverpool, the big ones with Spurs in the Champions League, you know, the Real yes. Madrid Knights and all that, they, they were great. You're absolutely right in what yeah. you say because before the game, there isn't quite the build up there should be because of all that loud noise. Once it got good in those games, you know, people were leaping around and shouting, and you know. You get a bit of abuse in the press box as well, which is always a good sign of like a fan base being wound yeah, up that, and that kind of. That's exactly what I mean. The 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 one percent is the derbies, isn't it? It's the it's the games where that count. It's the it's the ones where the titles decided, relegations decided. Where you know the, the ones where there's some there's something at stake. You can't be at that level all the time. Which no, is what they, which is what they try to force, and it just doesn't work. 
It doesn't. No, you see that. You, I mean, you see that over here quite a lot, don't you, Woody? With you know, yeah. I mean, NBA games are really like that. Where it's, I mean, it really is like being in a nightclub. They actually have a DJ there, like spinning the discs, like you know, and dancers and all that kind of stuff. And in between every stop in the game. When I first came out here, it took me a long time to get used to it and be able to even concentrate on the game at all because every stoppage in the game has music and dancing and, and oh. stuff like that. But um, once you get used to it, it's quite enjoyable, an NBA game, but but it, it does take some getting used to it. It's, it's sad to see that's come in in English football. I do miss it. I mean, I must admit, having lived abroad for like nearly uh, 20 years and then going back to England, my memories of football and what I found five or six years ago when I went back were two really different things. You know, I, I just, mm. I've missed that whole era of Premier League grounds becoming sterilized and, and, uh, and lacking that atmosphere. And it, it is sad, but the thing that got me yesterday, just to, to move back to the game a bit was it just, it wasn't a competitive game of football at any stage. No. I didn't think. And I thought, Nothing. I was talking to a couple of journalists about it this morning in a little chat group we have, and I was saying, look, it's nothing to do with me being a Burnley fan and the fact that Burnley got beat and, and deservedly so and everything. But it's something really sad about games like that, where even the commentators were playing along with it on the feed that I was listening to here in America, saying like, you know, oh Burnley need to, what do Burnley need to do to get back into this? Game? Burnley weren't interested in getting back into that game at any stage. They were doing a damage limitation once they'd gone 2-0 down. And, you know, I, I had the suspicion watching it that, uh, you know, City, for whatever reason, whether it was company or, or because, they you know, they've got players coming back from injury or whatever, they weren't that bothered about putting five or six past us. They were quite happy to, to, to mm. win. You know, they would have liked to have won 3-0, I think, you know. But it just mm. felt like, Premier League around the world is famous for that idea that the bottom club can beat the top club and it's so competitive. It's not like... This was like what I used to watch in Italy when you'd have someone like Pescara come to play AC Milan and play nine men behind the ball all the time and just think, well, if we can escape, we like something like 3-0, we'll be all right. You know, it felt... That was the most depressing part about that game for me. You know, I mean, Woody is... Is that just the way it is that City are just so good? But we do see teams go and have a go at them, don't we? Yeah. Um, but if you if you look back at that, um, you know, sequence of results recently, what is it now? 42-2, you know. Mm. We basically doubled our goal tally last night. <laughs> it's, you know, and it's not, it's not just this company side. There was that same passivity even though it was infinitely more organised and a little bit more obdurate and stubborn, etc., under Dash. But the same kind of expectation were there. But every now and again, you get a result under Dash. This is, I don't know, it's... I, it's the, the 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 way that we kind of stand off and you know perfectly... Like, yeah, City have three games in a in a week, don't they? You can understand why they're not wanting to run run around getting you know getting folks injured when they just bring in De Bruyne back. They've just brought Arlen back, etc. And they're kicking on trying to trying to win a league. So it's fantastic for them to be able to like breeze through a Wednesday night game against a bunch of muppets that aren't even going to you know put a foot in at any single point in time. But it's like it's it's just that prerequisite of a little bit of effort, isn't it? You know that you kind of want 
or expect from any side. It doesn't matter who you are. And we just wasn't there. Just wasn't there last night. Let um, me let me do a greavesy then and look for some positives. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, the one positive you can say, and, and I don't want to get carried away with it, but it was really nice from Fafana when he came on that little run to set up to set up the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed a few a few glimpses, didn't he? You know, I mean, we've said this about plenty of players at Burnley, so I don't think any of us are going to get carried away because we've seen, you know, it's become almost a cliche of there's a player in there somewhere, you know, uh, with Burnley players this season, isn't it? But, mm. but he did make an impression, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and I think enough as well. I mean, because I've, I've, I've now officially had enough of Amdune. You know, I'm sick of seeing these little flashes in the pan, then the simple stuff and his decision-making is shocking. And that 20 minutes from Fafana showed enough. He was able to lay off, link up play, and then that little drop of the shoulder, turn around the back to set up the goal, you know, is something that we haven't necessarily seen from Amdune on a regular basis. So I think right. it'd be nice to see Fafana have a little bit of a go and see what he can do in that position, no. whether you push push him out left, I'm doing out left, I don't know, or just drop him to the bench. But I've had enough of him. Do, do, you, do you play Fafana in the Amdouni role alongside Foster centrally? Or, I mean, there was a bit of a feel of Nathan Teller last night, you know, in, mm. in, in the way he played that position, going down the yeah. right quite a bit mm-hmm. as well. You, you see him maybe in that role or... In which case, you know, you'd be leaving Goodmanson out for him and going with a more attacking lineup. But hmm. do, do you do do you do that, or do you play him instead of Amdouni down the middle? I, Personally, I, I play him instead of Amdouni. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, I, I think I think Fofana produced more memorable moments in the little cameo uh, that that he had on Wednesday night than than Amdouni's done in the last ten games that he's played. I, I think. Uh, it's it, it it's it's really premature to 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 judge, isn't it? But I think he showed enough um, on Wednesday to be given a chance. And I think, you know, Amdouni gets himself into some good positions, and he he, he shows flashes of of good things. But you know, when when that ball came over the top and he went through, and he, it was it was it was easier for him to to square it to Odebear to for a little tapping and he smashed it over the bar. You thought this guy's not making the right decisions at the right times. Yeah. And um I think that's not the first time that's happened. Uh and you know we've signed for Fauna for a reason, haven't we? We haven't got him to sit on the bench. So let's let's give him a chance. Let's see what he can do. Um you know the the signs are positive and I don't see any reason to to stick with with Amdouni, given that he's had like half a season of, you know, I'd say 30 percent of what he's done has been been decent, and and the rest of the time it's been a little bit disappointing. So I don't know. Just let let's just see what he can do, um, and 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 see if he can affect something. I mean, I I don't know about you. Uh, I don't know about you, Woody, but I I sort of feel like I'm looking forward to next season now. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking I'm taking each game as it comes, um, and and hoping and hoping for a miracle. If we do manage to 
get out of the hole we've dug ourselves into, it will be the greatest achievement of of Premier League, modern Premier League history. <laughs> if we stay up this season, one, it? it will be uh, a massive achievement. I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking, let's take each game as it comes. Let's see what the players we've got can do, and uh, and let's uh, and let's put put the building blocks in place for next season. Exactly. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Well, if we are going to have the miracle, though, it's got to start with beating teams like Fulham on Saturday, hasn't it? I mean, those, mm-hmm. those are those are absolute must-win games. Middle mid-table sides now. I mean, we we we're not we've got beyond the position where we can rely on just beating teams down the bottom end. We to we to beat mid-table teams at home. So mm-hmm. he probably hasn't had a lot of time with uh, Estev and Asignon. We don't know how long they've been there, really, because they mm-hmm. seem to be quite clever at disguising players arriving at the club until they get spotted uh, by a camera in Burnley outfits at Man City the day, before, <laughs> the day before they're unveiled. But So they might have been around this week, both of them for all we know, but are, are we expecting company to to unveil a new look side? I mean, are we expecting to see, you know, Vitinho rested and Asignon comes in at right back, Estevi coming in and partnering somebody in the centre of defence? Um, and then um, having Fofana, as you say, in, in for Amdouni or Goodmanson, who are we expecting those kind of changes? Or do you think we wait a week or two before we ease these lads in? It's Vinny, isn't it? We could, You know what I mean? It, it could be absolutely <laughs> anything. Ramsey will be playing up front. You know what I mean? It'll be something completely out of left field that we haven't even thought thought about, you know? In yeah, fact, it I, wouldn't surprise me if, if Asignon wound up playing left back. Well, that's that's not beyond the realms of possibility, yeah. is it? I must. I, I did. I have that. Has, that thought has occurred to me. I think. I think one thing we have to remember um, is, I, I think that I think the massive gap between the the Luton game and the and the City game has not done us any favors in terms of our mood, because um, you know we we all said before the Luton game. Um, that we we'd had you know a month or so of of improvement you know that 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 we we'd started playing we'd been more compact more solid um, that 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 ridiculous goal in uh, to, for Luton to equalise um, came as a massive body blow I think to everybody and we were all mm-hmm. on a massive downer going into the City game we're all on a massive downer and there's no there's no as we've said, there's no possibility of as as turn as as uh, turning things around and gaining momentum back at back at, uh, at the Etihad. Is that it's, that's just not going to happen? So I think our our view of that game at City is perhaps coloured by the fact that the last thing we can remember is conceding a goal in the last minute to 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 Luton, which may have turned a little bit of momentum in their favour and against us. So I, I don't think we need to throw the everything out. You know, it's 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 not it's not a case of wholesale change because we can't forget that we 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 were more solid, we were making progress, and I think if we put can put in a performance like um, like we did against Luton or or in, in you know in the games prior prior to that, you know we've got a decent chance against Fulham. Um, 
I, I say that with my fingers crossed. I, I must admit, I, I really, I really do, because that 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 performance against against City was just, um, you know, mediocre and and lifeless. But you've you've got to expect a response from that, haven't you? You've got to you've got to expect that 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 things are, are you know you know the players are going to be up for putting the wrongs of the of the last game right even though we maybe don't see a lot of evidence of that happening so far this season um but like you say Simon if we if we're gonna if we're gonna dig ourselves out of this hole Fulham Fulham at home is definitely the kind of game that we've got to take points from not point but points and you know when you're when you're in the bottom uh bottom three um one one game can change everything because you know everybody else around you is losing uh if you can get three points on the board you can really make um you can really make headway into that into that gap between you and the teams above you whether whether we can do that i don't know um i, I hope we do, i really hope we don't see wholesale changes i'd like to see Fofana given a chance uh but i think um i think prior to the city game we had shown real signs of improvement i hope i hope that we can we can remember that rather than the performance on wednesday night yeah one player who won't be uh taking part against fulham we are recording this while the window is still open and whole city have confirmed they are delighted to announce the loan signing of Anas Zorori. Oh, um, Jesus Christ, no. What is going on? That... Oh, God. Right, forget everything I just said about Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> Although that picture of him in, his, in that McVitie's top, it looks, uh, honestly, it looks like he's been taken hostage, the poor lad, doesn't it? You know. How is that even possible? Yeah, he don't look happy, does he? He don't look no. happy. I mean, I thought he played pretty well against City. I thought he came on and sort of was a bit of a a bit, uh, you know, you know, he's tidy and 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 neat, and as he has been every time I've seen him play. Ah, oh, I'm just. Baffled, it seems man. a weird mixed message this this week, doesn't it? That we've kind of gone from it was going to it was, you know, it had a word with Benson and and Vinny and we we're going to sort it out and there were still Clarets and then off he pops to like, oh, you know, because he wants to play. Oh. I, 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 you know, it's like, what's, you know, there seems there seems to be something a little bit off with regards to the messaging in some of this, you know. And I, and Benson I think, was like, I've sat Benson down and he's, he's focused, yeah. he's going to be involved for the rest of the season and he's not even on the bench at City. Yeah. But Zorori is on his way out Hull. of the door. Zorori's yeah. gone to Hull. Am I, is this a, they've they've is this gone a, berserk. They've signed about five. Yeah. Is this a dream? <laughs> or, or is it a nightmare? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, give, I give up. I, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Yeah, so we'll see. By the time you listen to this, there might have been something else happened, but we're getting pretty close to the uh, actual deadline itself. In fact, I think it's just happened, hasn't it? So that's Aurora thing. Yeah, we'll have been right yeah. on the wire. Yeah, must have right happened right on the wire. Well, there we are then. Let's see what happens this weekend against uh, Fulham, and we'll be back um, to talk all about it in our debrief. And uh, should have the full squad back. No, we won't have the full squad back again because uh, it was going to be still be fairly streamlined. I don't think Greaves is back from his uh, little jaunt yet, but uh, for for that one. But we should have Chris Borden back with us. 
you know. So um, let's see. Uh, unless we send him on loan to the Hull. Unless we send him on loan to the Hull. Yeah. Watch this space. All right. Well, thanks very much. Don't forget to follow us on social media for all your updates on, on what we're up to. There's a few things, interesting things coming on the line. Thanks very much for the feedback on the Michael Duff interview. Both parts of that are online. Um, if you missed uh, the midweek one, the second part of it, that was actually the better part of it. But check the last two episodes out. Um, they both got an, an hour's worth of Michael Duff talking about playing under five different uh, Burnley managers. Really interesting chat, that. And uh, we'll have more past Clarets and uh, maybe a few present ones eventually. But uh, uh, we'll we'll look forward to, to bringing some more chat to you about that kind of stuff. But up next will be a debrief of the Fulham game on Saturday. Enjoy the game and up the Clarets. <laughs>